All right, wishing our Spoop friends, listeners of Spoop Hour, a Happy New Year or a Feliz Ano Nuevo. Sasha, do you have any idea what you just said? Happy New Year in Spanish. No, honey, no. Uh oh. You said congrats on the new butthole. It's Spoop Hour. Oh, God. a new butthole congrats on your new butthole butthole if you have a new butthole (laughs) shout out to best of next door on twitter for posting someone somewhere in the country was very concerned that people were going to forget the tilde over the n in feliz año nuevo which is happy new year in spanish i think and if you do that then it's good job on the new butthole guys awesome well done this is spoop hour a paranormal comedy podcast hosted by two halloweenies that one's Sasha. Hi. This one's Courtney. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them's doing all the talking for both of us. Hooray! Welcome. Find us always on the social medias, at Spoop Hour on Instagram and Twitter. Instagram is where all the quality, non-audio stuff is. Because true. this is not a visual medium. Yes. We've been over it it before. It's a very good Instagram account. Thank you. We've got some new shit to post on there. Yes. Because we have a veritable smorgasbord for our spooky New Year's episode. Yes. For those of you who are sitting there thinking, they sound kind of low-key today. Have they celebrated New Year's early? We did not. I have a migraine. Sasha's wiped out. So we're doing our best. We're doing our darndest. Our just our... Um, darndest. If you want to tell us about your New Year's hangover <laughs> as you're <laughs> listening to this episode on New Year's Day, probably. I know we post on Tuesdays and New Year's Eve, but... But you're busy. You're busy. You're so if you're hungover on New Year's Day and listening to us, you can also email us at spoopbar at gmail.com and tell us about your spooky hangover. We just opened some mail. We got some more Christmas cards. And we got a Christmas present From as well. From Drew over at the Real Feels Pod. Drew fucking hit it out of the park yeah we get this mystery box and he's like it told it it said that it got delivered and i'm like i know but i can't open it until sasha is here yeah because then it's like and we just opened it and and he sent us two yeti themed gifts which is amazing because now we are up to three yeti themed gifts on this show when will it be enough yetis never send us your fucking yetis so he sent us crazy (laughs) yeti lab instant artificial snow you mix 10 parts of water to one part dry crazy yeti lab instant snow and to make an entire bag of this it's five cups of water to make more than one gallon of snow my god that is spooky I don't know how it works, but it's Crazy Yeti Lab Instant Artificial Snow. What are we, Yeti scientists? And he also sent us a plush Yeti. We love him. And we named him Meatball. Because he's round and he wants to kick some meatballs. He's so round. He's so soft. He's the roundest and softest Yeti. I love him. 
I'm currently cradling him against my face. So thank you, Drew, thank you, for Drew. actually sending us Yetis. We love them. You don't have to send us Yetis, other listeners. But, but you know, if you have a Yeti that needs a new home. Or if you have pictures of Yetis. We'll take those, too. Or stickers of Yetis. Yeah. Just tweet at us, all of that. Yeah. I think the other day when you were asking if we got more chunky cryptids... Yes. Yeah, was that because mysterious so, third roommate? So, yes, our mysterious third roommate, part of my Christmas gift from her, is she is designing two new chonky cryptids for us, because she's fucking incredible, and we already have four amazing ones, so be on the lookout. She is in progress on making a chonky Loch Ness monster, so chonky Nessie, and a chonky Yeti, who... I could, I honestly, I should probably just send her this picture of Meatball and be like, here is your reference for Chonky Yeti. <laughs> he is round. So I'm very excited for those. He I'll, has old man eyebrows. Did you see his old man eyebrows? He has old man eyebrows. Look at them. They're so silly. So oh, God, silly. I love him. Oh, but yeah, thank you to Her American Story and Fuckboys of Lit and Mouse and Weens. And couples talking couples for Christmas cards. Thank you. Our podsman is going to be fucking incredible. It's amazing. It is. I have Meatball nestled against my chest. I'm holding (laughs) him up with my chin. Because that's where I'm at in my life. Did anything spooky happen to you this week? Yes. The universe course corrected itself so hard. (laughs) It just careened the other direction. Let me tell you about the weirdest... Pre-Christmas universe correcting itself, I experienced this week. So, last Sunday, yeah. You gave me your heart. I did. And the very next day, I, I gave dro- it away. I dropped dead because <laughs> I gave you my heart. <laughs> like the movie Last um, Christmas. Spoilers for Last Christmas. But I fucking called it from the trailer. I think enough time has passed since last Christmas that I can talk about this. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. was a fucking ghost the whole time, you guys. I did call it. He you was a it. fucking heart donor. I was right. So... <laughs> There's this thing in D.C. called Enchant, and it happens in a couple of cities where, like, MLB stadiums are host to, like, a big Christmas extravaganza. And so at Nats Park in D.C., home of the World Series champions, 2019. (laughs) And the one dude who walks out to Baby Shark. And the one dude who work, walks out to Baby Shark, who is no longer a gnat. Oh, he's not? He, See, that he was the beginning. Signing, of, and, he ended up signing with another team or oh something Oh, no. Like that. that was the beginning and end of my baseball knowledge. So um, now I have none. My favorite was going to the gift shop at Nats Park and seeing all this Baby Shark merch. And Jack was like, what, what is this? And he, like, I was trying to explain it to him. I was like, yeah, you know, like, Baby Shark was, like, their, their big anthem this year. And mm-hmm. he was like, what? And I was, like, trying to explain all of this. And... I didn't realize that when Jack says, I don't give a fuck about baseball, he means, he means I, I don't, don't give, give a, a fuck, fuck about, about baseball. baseball. I thought it was more like me being like, oh yeah, I don't really like watch baseball or like know anything about baseball, but then I actually do know stuff about baseball right. just from like osmosis of having friends who really like baseball. Right. Jack, like, I say I don't care about hockey, but I got into a fight over the weekend with some people who are Tampa Bay fans about how much better the Caps are. Right, because of proximity to because of, co- of the roommate. Yeah. roommate. Yeah, yeah. So, so <laughs> Enchant was this really cool Christmas lights thing, like where all the concession stands are. I mean, the concession stands were still open, so there's mm-hmm. like a large variety of food, but they also had like a German Christmas market kind of littered oh, throughout dude. the whole top layer of the park. Love it. And then you, Did you descend- get some stroop uh, I did not, but there was an option. Yes! <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> when you go down to the, the actual baseball field, the baseball field has this, like, big Christmas lights maze and, like, an ice skating path. And, like, there's just, like, a lot of stuff, like, on the field, right? Mm. And so we walked around. We took 
Christmas photos. They had these beautiful upside down light bulbs that lit up and they were filled with this vodka apple cider thing. Oh. That was like really delicious. And we bought two, one for me, one for Jack. Jack doesn't drink a whole lot. I drank both of ours at some point with Jack standing up and squatting and standing up and squatting, like taking photos at different angles. Mm -hmm. His keys fell out of his pocket. Oh no. And this is like 10,000, at least 10,000 people at this event walking around, keys fall out of the pocket. We don't realize this until like towards the end of the evening. We just finished our crepes because they had crepes. As I was like walking to the bathroom, I saw that they had a tot bar. And the top bar had poutine tots. And I was like, fuck, I love, I, I love poutine. I love tots. Like, we're going to do this. So Jack went to the register to buy me tots while I went to the bathroom. When I came back, he had the tots. And there's a huge mountain of poutine tots. Like, so much food. But he also looked really concerned because he realized his keys fell out of his pocket. Mm. So me, drunk, still... Full of poutine. Full, well, not full of poutine yet because no. we are wandering around trying to figure out what do we do next. In my infinite wisdom, even when I was drunk, I said, we got to find the, the lost and found. Yes. Like every stadium has it. They have a security office. We got to figure this out. So we asked like three different employees and we found out that like when you work at one of these events, you really know only the thing about the, the thing event. that you're doing. So we had to find someone who looked like they would at least know something. And we found a woman with a walkie talkie and she was like, oh yeah, security office is this way. So she took us there. And there were five security officers, like, kind of chilling in the office. And we have our two empty light bulbs. And I'm wasted. And Jack is like, is this the lost and found? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, we're looking for some keys. And so the guy behind the counter was like, oh, can you describe them? And so Jack's like, yeah, with Toyota car keys and then a house key with Yoda on it. And the guy was like, oh, you mean these keys? And so someone at some point picked up our missing car keys and Very house nice. keys. Christmas miracle, yes. right? That, like, it didn't get kicked into a bush. It didn't get, like, picked up. Or, like, a kid is just, like, playing with it and threw it somewhere. It mm-hmm. didn't, like, end up somewhere weird. It didn't fall between, like, seats or whatever. So Christmas miracle. Okay, great. Now we can finally sit down and eat our poutine. I'm, like, really stuffed. And we think about going to get one of those fancy hot chocolates that also have, like, a gingerbread house and, like, frosting and cake on it. But I was like, oh, that's a little too much. So Jack gets hot cocoa. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'll get some spiced cider. And so we're walking around a little bit and we decide, let's go home. You know, I'm starting to kind of sober up and like get a hangover and like, we're just going to take the metro back home. Mm -hmm. Okay. We finally get on the blue line and we're on our way home and we're like two, about to reach the second to last station. And I start kind of feeling funny. And Uh I was like, okay, two, two stations away. Like we can do this. And then we're like halfway there. And then Jack asks me for his car keys and I pull it out of my purse and I burp. And Uh he was like, are you okay? And I was like, uh, he goes, are you going to throw up? And I just shake my head and he immediately springs into action, tells me to open up the cup, (laughs) like the lid on my cup. And I get a whiff of the apple cider and that does the opposite of what I wanted to do. And I just keel over and vomit into this cup in my lap. And then this mother who's sitting in this like very quiet train car hands us like 30 Chipotle napkins and a pack of wet ones. And we're like, God bless mothers because (laughs) they're just prepared. And we realize that the universe bringing us our car keys back was not for free. (laughs) Yeah, so so Christmas miracle cometh and be taken away. That's true. Yeah.
But thank you to that mom who had 30 Chipotle napkins and a pack of wet ones and just gave us all of them. Solid. Yeah. Anything spooky happen to you? Um, not really. I realize the deeply spooky retroactive Yeah, thing. tell me about your deeply spooky dark retroactive I can't thing. yet. Oh. Um, because it pertains to something that I'm going to talk about later in this episode. Okay. And I'd like to bring it up then. So I'm going to go ahead and Chekhov's retroactive spooky Ooh. myself. Okay. It's on the mantle. I'll get it when I need it. Okay. So... What are we talking about today? New Year's stuff, right? Yep. We're just going spooky new year. Spooky new year. Yeah. Spooky new year. Because I found a thing on the Washington Post a couple of weeks ago and it ruined my life. Uh-oh. And now I want to ruin everybody else's life. Because I... <laughs> if my life is ruined, everyone's life should be ruined. But also, <laughs> I was watching Food Network at the gym. <laughs> learned about like a bunch of fun little New Year's. Like, things to do to bring you luck in the new year. So, we're also gonna not ruin your life. Yeah, we're gonna gonna make 2020 not suck, hopefully. Yeah. Because God knows we need a good 2020, you guys. So, do you want me to tell mine? Yes, tell tell me your life-ruining thing. Yeah, this one was upsetting. I'm gonna take a cordial while I... Yeah, you're gonna gonna want to listen to my life get ruined. It's, It's just like... Read the room. Oh, no. And also, what the fuck? Oh, God. So, I'm going to tell you guys about Frozen Charlotte. So, like I said, this was inspired by a Washington Post article that I then could not get back into because I got stuck in a loop with WashingtonPost.com saying, you need to turn off your ad blocker. And I'm like, I did turn off my ad blocker. And it's like, no, you didn't. And I'm like, I fucking did. Let me look at this article again. And it was like, no, fuck you. So... I'm going based off of an article that I read like three weeks ago, as well as DangerousMinds.net, Atlas Obscura, HushedUpHistory.com, and as ever, Wikipedia. (laughs) I love your money. Yes. Great news. The Victorian era, ruiner of so many things, also kind of ruined New Year's. Uh Uh-oh. Meet the Frozen Charlotte doll, a China doll that rose to prominence in the late 19th century. So I pulled up a couple pictures of Frozen Charlotte doll. So that's a more elaborate one. Okay. You'll note, soup's naked. Except for stockings and shoes, inexplicably. And here's another one. These are some of the more traditional ones with mm. their legs broken off. They had legs. They just These are old. Yeah. That's what the peak human body looks like. Yeah. You may not like it, but this is what peak performance looks like. Guess what? It's going to go up on the Instagram. Here's one in a bathtub. Okay. Again, you may not like disturbing. it, but this is what peak human performance looks I like. I like that her belly looks like my belly. <laughs> Relatable content. Relatable content. Typically, they are porcelain white dolls. They're made out of bisque, which is apparently a kind of porcelain and not just the thing that you put lobster in and yep. drink. A lot of China dishes are made out of bisque. Yeah, so it's made out of that. And usually, or at least originally, they had dark painted on hair, some painted rouge, and red lips. But as time wore on, they kind of got more elaborate with their popularity. So more clothes got added, some got articulated joints, you know, the uh, whole thing. Good old articulated joints on dolls. Yes. Mm. So that they can better creep on you in the nighttime. <laughs> <laughs> they ranged in size from under an inch, which is pretty cute and not yeah. scary, just like a little little baby, to a foot and a half long or more, which is maybe a little more upsetting. Yeah. Because that's a big ass doll. In Germany, starting around 1850, they were used as a bath toy. Okay. And I put in my notes, you know how you love having haunted-ass dolls when you are naked and vulnerable in the bath? (laughs) (laughs) They also took off in the U.S. and England thanks to their low cost of manufacture that got passed on to the consumer. So on average, a lot of these dolls were sold for about a penny. So even Mm -hmm. if you weren't wealthy, which 
most people weren't in the Victorian era, you could get a little weird doll because even your poor parents had a penny. In 1843, though, this doll got a new creepy aspect okay. to it. That was when it started getting called the Frozen Charlotte doll. Mm. In the U.S., humorist slash poet Saba Smith was flipping through his local Maine paper and found a fun human interest story that inspired him to write a poem. Good. The story described a young woman in a carriage on her way to a New Year's Eve ball. The young woman was traveling to meet her beau, and as so many of us do when we're going to a nice place on a date, she would dressed up, so she was wearing one of her best party dresses, and she was super mm. stoked to go meet her fella. Good. But when she left the house, the young woman's mother said, bundle up or you'll catch your death of cold, which is pretty classic mom stuff. Sure. Even in the 1800s. Yeah. And instead, the young woman was like, I don't think so. I have this fierce party look. I want everybody to see it. And if I bundle up, nobody's going to see my shit. And I want them to see my shit because I look fucking great. Right. 100 emoji, 100 emoji, fire emoji, fire emoji. You look great. And unfortunately, it was a bitterly cold night. And after the 15-mile sleigh ride to the ball, the young woman froze to death, leaving her beau, a young man named Charlie, to find her corpse in the sleigh at the ball. Her name, according to the story, Charlotte. Oh, no. Thus, the frozen Charlotte doll was born, which is so fucked. I was like, I'm sorry. This young woman died in a horrible fashion. And we're like, haha, funny. Because Saba Smith was like, this is hilarious. I'm going to write a poem about it. Who doesn't want a poem like this? And thus, a corpse going to a ball was born. In Saba's defense... That was what the article was called, so he was just using the yeah. same title that the article. But still, what the fuck, bro? Uh, Strap in. Are you ready for this poem? Yes. I don't think you are. But I, I'm going to read it to you anyway. I will tell myself that I am ready for it. Just, just hold, hold on to Meatball. Holding on to Meatball. Meatball will keep you warm. Young Charlotte lived by the mountainside, a wild and lonely spot. No dwelling there for three miles round except her father's cot. And yet on many a winter's eve, young swains were gathered there. For her father kept a social board, and she was very fair. Her father loved to see her dressed as prim as a city belle, for she was all the child he had, and he loved his daughter well. Tis New Year's Eve, the sun is down, why looks her restless eye, so long from the frosty window forth as the merry sleighs go by? At the village inn, fifteen miles off, is a merry ball tonight. The piercing air is cold as death, but her heart is warm and light. And brightly beams her laughing eye, which I think is a euphemism for a vagina. Yeah, I think so. So you're laughing, yeah. Yeah, you're not fooling anyone, Sava Smith. Can you read that line again? Yes. And brightly beams her laughing eye. Oh no. <laughs> and as a well-known sound she hears, and dashing up to the cottage door, her Charlie's sleigh appears. Remember Charlie's okay. boyfriend. Mm-hmm. No, daughter dear, her mother cried. This blanket round you fold. This is my mother voice. For is a dreadful night abroad and you'll catch your death a cold. I don't know why she's Irish. This is in Maine. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do voices, you guys. <laughs> oh, nay. Oh, nay. Fair Charlotte said. As she laughed like a redacted insensitive term. Queen. To ride with blankets muffled up. I never could be seen. My silken qu- cloak is quite enough. You know tis lined throughout. And then I have a silken shawl to tie my neck about. 
Her bonnet and her gloves are on. She jumps into the sleigh. And swift they ride by the mountainside and over the hills away. Hmm. There's life in the sound of the merry bells as over the hills they go. But a creaking wail the runners make as they bite the frozen snow. How long the bleak and lonely way, how keen the wind does blow. The stair did never shine so cold. How creaks the frozen snow. Oh, God. With muffled faces silently, five cold long miles they've passed. And Charles, with these few frozen words, the silence broke at last. Such a night as this I never saw, the rains I scarce can hold. And Charlotte, shivering, faintly said, I am exceeding cold. He cracked his whip and urged his steed more swiftly than before. And now five other dreary miles in silence are past o'er. Or is my favorite poetry device. Yes. Where it's like, ooh, shit, I set myself up for a bad. I'll just use or. You or. know how people don't say the V in over? Yeah. <laughs> how fast, said Charles, this freezing snow is gathering on my brow. But Charlotte said with feebler tone, I'm growing warmer now. And on they went through the frosty air and the glittering cold starlight. And now at last the village in and the ballroom are in sight. They reach the door and Charles jumps out and lends his hand to her. Why sits she like a monument that hath no power to stir? He called her once, he called her twice, she answered not a word. He asked her for her hand again, but still she never stirred. He took her hand in his, oh God, t'was cold and hard as stone. He tore the mantle from her face, cold stars upon it shone. Then quickly to the lighted hall, her voiceless form he bore. His Charlotte was a stiffened corpse, and words spake nevermore. Oh Lord. I put in my notes. I wonder why this isn't the twas the night before Christmas of New Year's. Right? Oh my god. <laughs> like, what the fuck, bro? And listening to that makes me realize, okay, one, that's fucking spooky, but also it is, I was just thinking today, it's December 30th. It is. And it's 65 degrees outside. It is. That's why Charlotte, I have a migraine. I was going to say, Charlotte needs to come over here. Yeah, Charlotte can wear no jacket at all here, and she's going to be great. Oh, my God. She's going to roll up to the ball and be like, what up, bitches? Fire emoji. 100 emoji. Fire emoji. Damn. This poem, grim though it was, blew up and got reprinted a whole bunch in the U.S. I bet. Even I say it's not a bad poem. It's no. It's a spooky story. I just can't yeah. believe it's, ugh. What upsets me about the poem is, like, it, it is a spooky story, and if he billed it as, like, a spooky story, that would be one thing, but he billed it as, like, this is a funny thing that happened, because he was a humorist. Duh. So, like... That's the part that I don't like. Don't care for that. Don't care for that. Some versions even incorporated a new verse at the end. Young ladies, think of this fair girl, and always dress all right, and never venture thinly clad on such a wintry night. Don't like that. I don't like that at all. The poem even got the Star Spangled Banner treatment, getting turned into a ballad that spread throughout the U.S. and Canada at the same time the little porcelain dolls did. Oh. And thus they were forever known as Frozen Charlottes. Mm. And now the Frozen Charlottes had a new preachy element. Parents loved them because they had a new way to scare their kids into behaving. Listen to your mom or you will yeah. freeze to death. Like, yeah. literally, you will die you will if die you don't if listen you don't to your listen mom. mom. And it would also remind girls in particular not to dress slutty and always bundle up, which we all know about the Victorian era. They loved their bundled up women. They hated sluttery of any variety. <laughs> it was a real bummer. It was a real bummer. To make this easier... In terms of, like, preachiness, mm -hmm. toy makers often sold Frozen Charlotte and sometimes Cautionary Charlies for the boys alongside a coffin and a blanket slash shroud. 
At least one soul came in a coffin that said, don't talk so much, which is rude. And I say at least one soul like this because I found a picture of it. It's a fucking creepy that's, ass doll in a coffin that says, don't talk so that's much. That's so upsetting. Why would you? <laughs> what the fuck? Why would you give that to a child? I mean, because you hate them and you I want guess. them to never dress slutty or have any fun ever. Yeah, I guess people didn't start actually liking children until the 20th century, right? Yeah, and yeah. even then it was like late 20th century. Uh-huh. It was like, I don't know. Probably the right 90s? When you and me, when we were children was when people started kind of liking kids. Finally, everyone was like, hey, our childhood sucked. Maybe we don't do this to other kids. Oh my god. Anyway, over in the UK, frozen Charlottes were often baked into cakes or puddings at Christmas time. So like a Charlotte. Yep. I'm be- sorry I burped. <laughs> I got really excited about Charlotte. We were, but I'm going to leave the burp in because I don't think I can edit it <laughs> without losing your excellent point about so like a Charlotte. Yeah. I put in my notes, what could be more festive than baking a girl famous for freezing to death? She's warm now. (laughs) Most likely the finder of the frozen Charlotte would feel like the person who finds the baby in the king cake. Like it was probably like a lucky thing to find the frozen Charlotte in the cake. But still, eh. The legend also got tied into the dessert Charlotte Russe, which is a Bavarian Uh. cream and ladyfinger dessert that they made on the Great British Bake Off once. And it was a big problem because the way the dessert is designed, you need your ladyfingers to be firm enough so that they can hold all of the Mm -hmm. cream like a fence because it's layers of like cream and jam and shit. And so if your ladyfingers are soft, it bends out. And that was a problem for some of the contestants on the Great British Mm. Bake Off. So that's your Great British Bake Off update. I put in my notes. And several bakers had their Charlotte Russes get all leaky. Anyway, upon hearing the poem slash ballad, some enterprising dessert makers asked the question, what would happen if we froze a Charlotte Russe? The result was the Frozen Charlotte, a brand new dessert that is also named for a woman who fucking froze to death. Whew. Yeah, there's a, <laughs> I, I checked that source because I think that came from like Haunted History or wherever yeah. I found it. And they linked to a Google book that listed that at an ice cream parlor they were selling frozen Charlottes, and it was a frozen Charlotte Roost dessert. Amazing, which, but also disturbing. Read the room, you guys. As read a, the fucking room. <laughs> as a fun aside, apparently in the 1800s, stories about young ladies dying because of vanity and slutty clothes was a growth industry. Yeah. There was another one published in 1838 in the Passages from the Diary of a London Physician under the name Death at the Toilet. Death at the toilet. It's not what you think. Is it toilet? Yeah. Like perfume? Yeah. Death of the, the perfume? Well, great news. In this one, the <laughs> young woman in question had a heart condition. It's still not going where you think it's going. Okay. She was determined to go to a ball despite having her pre-existing heart condition. Mm-hmm. And as I put in my notes, as we all know, young women with chronic illnesses aren't allowed to have any fun. No fun for chronic illness havers. So while primping herself for the ball in the bathroom, she died due to cold weather. Mm. The article even featured the line, I have seen many hundreds of corpses, as well in the calm composure of natural death, as mangled and distorted by violence, but never have I seen so startling a satire upon human vanity, so repulsive, unsightly, and loathsome a spectacle as a corpse dressed for a ball. (laughs) Can we not? Also, it's worth noting that this story neither gives a location of this incident, Mm. nor 
a name for the young woman. So yeah. it's entirely possible it never actually happened. And it's yet another 1800s way of making women hate themselves and perform within the constraints of a patriarchal society. And then I put in my notes, let women live. Mind your own beeswax. Let women live 2020. Yes. That's a good way to live our lives. Yeah. What color underwear do we need to wear so that women can have a great 2020? Oh, boy. And that's the story of Frozen Charlotte. And I hate it. And I'm mad. And, like, just let her dress up for the ball. Also, why is your bathroom so cold? Uh, like, in all honesty, it was probably a doctor who was like, I saw a woman wearing a dress, and when she got out of a carriage, I saw her ankle, the dumb slut. I'm going to write a mean article saying that vanity will kill you if you're a dumb woman. And then it became a whole other thing. Yeah. Which is stupid, and I yes. hate it. Great. Yay! Let's listen to some more terrible things that happen on New Year's. <laughs> Yay! So, Bustle in 2017 released an article called Seven Creepy Things That Have Happened on New Year's Eve That Might Make You Want to Stay Home. (sighs) So let's dig in. (laughs) The first one is about texting. A Reddit user named Jaya began receiving text messages from an unknown number on New Year's Eve that said, I'm outside. Nope. The messages began to escalate, and at one point, the mystery texter claimed to be inside the house watching Jaya and their friends. Yeah. The text continued throughout the night with the texter describing Jaya's car and sending creepy texts while they were driving home that insinuated that the texter was watching Jaya. When the others tried to call the number that Jaya was receiving texts from, um, they got a message saying that it was not a working phone number. Oh, no. While the messages eventually stopped, the fear never really went away. I haven't dived too deep into this. On one hand, I felt that something really bad could happen if I kept probing it, Jaya wrote on Twitter, uh, Reddit. And if nothing happens, nothing has happened so far. But on the other hand, I don't have any closure and sometimes I get paranoid about getting another message. Mm. That's so gross. I know I've told this story before, but that reminds me of the time. I think I was in eighth grade. I had my little tiny Nokia phone, and my mom and I were driving, and we were on a remote stretch of highway, and I got a text that said, I see you, and that freaked my shit out, because there was literally no one other than my mom around, and it was before people texted and drove, and my mom was also not texting and driving. So I was like, what's happening? Oh, God. Uh. Another time when I was in the eighth grade, this was two years earlier, and this this is a wire men story for your 2019 recap. I was in eighth grade and I turned my phone on because I had just gotten back from a band thing and I needed my mom to come pick me up. So I turned my phone on to call my mom and I had a voicemail and I'm like, oh, how strange. No one ever leaves voicemails for me. And I wondered, like, maybe my mom called and just wanted to be like, what time are you home? Remember to call me. So I called it and the first message was a hang up. And the second message was a British man who was like, yes, sorry, the other call was me. This is, I have the wrong phone number, but I just wanted to let you know you have a very appealing voice. Goodbye. <laughs> and again, eighth grade Courtney. And now Why I, are men? Why are men? Speaking of why are men, <laughs> here's a story about a peeping Tom. Yay! Why are men? <laughs> so this story is from 2015, New Year's Eve in Alabama. There is a naked pee- peeping Whoa. Tom. Whoa! With a sock covering his genitals no. and wearing a Ronald Reagan mask, <laughs> who apparently... I'm sorry, pe- I need a moment to process the things you just told me. So he's naked. He's naked. He's wearing a Ronald Reagan mask and yeah, he has got a, a sock, sock covering his genitals. So are we talking like it's a tube sock that he pulled over? Yeah. Or is he like holding no, the no, sock? No, it's, it's a pull, tube sock. It's pull, t- pull, tube sock on the dick. Well, because you know when you're a peeping Tom and you want to be naked, but also you don't want anybody looking at your penis because that would invade your privacy? Yeah. 
when when I was a freshman in college, I lived in the international dorm at JMU, and there is like a pretty hot British guy who was in our dorm. Was he the guy who called me in the eighth grade? No, Damn. I don't think so. <laughs> um, but he, we were like a bunch of the girls in our dorm. We were like Facebook stalking him mm-hmm. because we were like, why did this Brit come all the way to America for college? Doesn't he know and about how much better the UK is yeah, well, at the time? At the time. Um, but we were, like, looking through all of his photos and kind of going backwards, 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 and oh. all of a sudden, one of the girls shrieked, and I looked at the computer, and it was him and his friends posing in the snow wearing snow boots and only socks oh, covering no. their... <laughs> Why is that a thing? It was on his Facebook. This was in, like, 2008. Yeah. I'm, so like, one, I'm surprised been... Facebook allowed that to... Well, because this was still pretty early. This is, oh. like, right when, like, cause this is, like, right... Oh, this was, like, two years after everybody could get on Facebook yeah. so long as they were in high school or college. Yeah. And it was before, like, adults were on Facebook. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Did it kind of make him a little less hot to you after that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Yeah. In a big way. Yeah. Also, his last name was Dangladis. Oh, So we no! all thought of him it as, was like, his Dangly Dangly Dis. Dis. Yeah. Um, like, we couldn't, we couldn't, we couldn't, like, look at him again after that. I believe it. Yeah. Because oh, his man. sock was just dangling. Yeah. Yep. Ugh. So anyway, this could be Tom. <laughs> Why are men? So, to our all, all our men listeners, we probably don't mean you, but maybe don't put socks over your genitalia and maybe keep your pants on. Yeah, so the story was that this this husband and wife, the husband caught a glimpse of the naked peeping Tom while he was taking out the trash. Oh my god, can you home, imagine? And he was like, what's happening? And then they had like a home security camera, oh. and he like confirmed that he wasn't hallucinating oh, it. Oh no, this um, is how it ends, I'm seeing a man who's wearing a Ronald Reagan yeah. mask, a sock, and nothing else. Police never caught the nude presidential peeper, oh, and no. said there's probably just a drunk guy, or like name? someone who lost a bet or something. That man's name was Donald Trump. Don- <laughs> um, and the the wife said, I know a lot of people are laughing about it, and honestly, I gotta chuckle about it later, but at the same time, it's very concerning, because we don't yeah. know what he was planning on doing. Like, you just, like, are taking out the trash, mm-hmm. and... I took out the trash this morning. Do you know how much I would have lost my shit if there was a naked man wearing a sock and a Ronald Reagan mask when I did? Because, like, I wasn't wearing shoes, because I just, like, trotted out to drop the trash at the curb, and if there had been a nude man, I would have been like, oh no, <laughs> I'm in my pajamas. Please, why? <laughs> Do you remember that one time when we were living at our old place mm-hmm. and I went to go run errands and then a man jumped out of the yes! woods with a gun? <gasps> yes! And then I just like walked right back yeah. into the house. So I'm like on the couch doing whatever the fuck I'm doing and <laughs> Sasha's like, all right, bye. And she turns around and comes back in. And I always make the same joke when people do that because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that was the world's fastest Trip to Target, trip to the grocery store, yeah. errand running, whatever. Make the same joke. It's always hilarious. Always Usually funny. it's forgot my phone, forgot my keys. Oh, I wanted to grab my reusable bag. This time Sasha says nothing. And I'm like, <laughs> are you okay? <laughs> and you go, a man just jumped out of the bushes. And I'm like, uh-oh. And you go, and I think he had a gun. <laughs> no. He literally jumped out of the woods. <laughs> we know where he was gun. coming from. Anyway. Anyway, so, yeah, I think I would much rather see another man jump out of the woods with a gun than I would want to see someone naked yeah. jumping out of the woods. Yeah, because, like, at least, I don't know, the, the man with the gun was not concerned with you. A naked man wearing a sock and a Ronald Reagan mask, he is very Cons- deliberately there and is concerned with you. Yeah. The, the man with the gun was trying to get away from somewhere. Yes. 
So some shit was going down, and he was like, I'll see you when I see you. <laughs> the naked man would be like, I'm seeing you, seeing, seeing me. You. How yeah. you like my dingliness? <laughs> <laughs> Another lady in white story. <gasps> Ooh. So, Woman um, in the color. Reddit user Hits Guitar wrote that an unexpected guest materialized out of nowhere at their New Year's Eve party. All the doors and windows were locked and no one admitted to letting in the old woman dressed in white inside the house. Oh, no. Upon leaving the party, she dropped two scarves on the doorstep. Nobody knows how she got in. And the user and their mom were freaking out because they thought it was a symbol of something that's not good. Yeah, like, my thought process, because as we all know, I don't believe in ghosts. Mm -hmm. My thought process would be she's working with someone and the two scarves that she dropped are sending a message to that person that, Mm. like, this is a house where you can go forward with the plan. That would be my concern (gasps) about, like, there are no cameras, there's no weapons, break into this house and do what you will, Golden State Killer. Like, I don't like that. And then there's obviously the ghostly implication of, I guess, if you drop the scarves, you can come back. I don't know. Were the scarves cute? Did they keep them? They didn't say it. But the... They added that a cousin, one of their cousins saw the woman in his dreams a few nights later. She came back for the scarves. She came back for the scarves. No. 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 Although, side note, if you're ever at a party and you want to fuck with the people at the party, or like you're at a party you don't mm-hmm. want to be at, I feel like you could convince a friend to dress up as an old woman mm-hmm. and just like, you let them in, but then when the host of the party is like, who the fuck is that? You're like... What? Yeah. Who's that? I don't know. Ah, spooky. It would also be a good prank. I was going to say, a good prank for you to pull on me is hiring, like, a ghostly colonial recreator (laughs) to, like, just, like, walk through the wedding reception (laughs) in Old Town and just be like... I'm what not taking notes. <laughs> what ho? What ho? <laughs> There's a mummified cat in those walls. I can't go inside. <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to go to the direction of, I know you have a ring cam, so oh. I could also hire a ghost to just walk in front of your ring cam. Basically, you're very easy to ghostly I'm prank. very easy to ghostly prank. You should have thought of this before we thought of having ghost pranks. Seriously. <laughs> According to a writer on Wattpad, um, one woman had an unwelcome guest on New Year's Eve, one that she and her guests could hear but not see. Uh-oh. The trouble began when things started disappearing. The Uh-oh. woman and her boyfriend kept losing items that they were using, only to have them reappear a few minutes later. I swear to God, if it's someone living in the fucking walls, I'm going to lose well, my mind. And then later in the evening, a strange man's voice joined the conversation, yelling, Right? in response to one comment that one of her guests made. Eventually, every guest heard an invisible person coughing in the bathroom, even though no one was there. The strange activity stopped the next day, so perhaps this ghost just likes to join in on uh, New Year's Eve. I swear to God, that's someone living in the walls. Yeah. I don't like it. There was a Reddit user who also was so scared about hearing some noise when they were camping with Mm -hmm. friends. They heard something screaming, which is probably a fox. We know yes, this now. We've been over this. It's foxes. Um, it's always foxes. And but, they sound horrible. I saw a fox on Saturday. Oh, Because nice. I left kind of early to go down to Richmond. Yeah. And 
n- people weren't really around. And so yeah. there was a fox that was clearly, like, expecting to cross the street. And yeah. then it saw me and it did, like, a little, like, Trot. fox dance in a circle. <laughs> and then it, like, retreated. And then I, like, stopped my car when yeah. it was safe for me to do so and just watched it cross the street. Aww. And then there was a guy walking down and I wanted to roll down my window and be like, there's a fucking fox! Look at it! But I thought he would be uncomfortable did if I did that. Did you see that? Hey, yo, boy! Hey, yo, boy! There's a fox! And it's not you! I'm not hitting on you! There's literally a fox! <laughs> Not you again, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Please put away your dingly bits. <laughs> so this Reddit user was like, yeah, I'm not going to have this. And so they abandoned their friends and left a <laughs> note behind. So their friends would know that they hadn't been eaten by a monster, but they were just so scared that they went home. Oh, they went home. I was like, someone hasn't seen the Blair Witch Project if they're going off alone to confront this, this thing. You don't know what true vulnerability is until you're on the outskirts of the woods in a tent with three lives in your hands while some paranormal creature is hunting you, teasing you. I sat there in silence until six in the morning when I was certain it had stopped. I couldn't take it anymore. My damn thing had, the damn thing had driven me insane. My work there was done as I was certain it was gone. I left an, a note that said I went home and I wasn't dead so I could reassure my friends when they woke up. <laughs> uh, there's a hosier song about that, but also fucking yikes. My s- meetup group is going camping. Mm, and I'm like, absolutely no, okay. not. No, no. Enjoy being murdered. I have some miscellaneous New Year's spooky hodgepodge Ooh, if you like. please. All right. So this is courtesy of Bustle again and also partially from Atlas Obscura because I was trying to fact check things as I found them. Hmm. Spooky creepy hodgepodge number one. How to steal a kiss guides exist. This is gross. Don't steal kisses on New Year's, mm. any other holiday, or any day in general. Please only kiss people you want to kiss that would also like to be kissed by you. It's really not that hard especially gross. I did a quick Google search because I was expecting to find some like hilarious Victorian era like, listen here fellas, when your chaperone is getting some more mulled wine and you have a moment alone with your betrothed and you'd like to steal a kiss, I was expecting some like hilarious guides like that. Mm -hmm. No, this was like past five years shit. It's the 21st goddamn century. Ah. They're modern friggin' guides. Oh, God. And, like, it still would have been inappropriate if it had been the Victorian guides, but we could have all had a jolly patriarchal laugh at them. Yeah. But, nope, modern guides. Not fun, not funny. Mm -mm. Don't steal kisses, you guys. Stop it. Spooky, creepy hodgepodge number two. I don't know why I'm holding up the numbers to the microphone. Like, you can see them, but I am. (laughs) That was so funny. (laughs) I'm just like... I'm like leaning two fingers. Maybe we need to start videotaping our recording sessions. No, because then everyone will know how we record these podcasts. Um, The other day I went out with two of our friends. um, This many. (laughs) You did. Two of our friends. So, so I went out with two of our friends, and they were talking about when they listen to our podcast. Oof. It's like the weirdest thing because they've known both of us for so long mm-hmm. that they can, and they've been to our house that they're just like, we know where this is. I know where this is, and I know what you two probably look like sitting on your couch recording this. Yeah, like. Right now, I'm intermittently braiding and unbraiding my hair. Yeah. Because sometimes I'm in a mood to braid hair, and so I'll just, like, do a little braid and then undo that That braid. would be fun. Okay, spooky thing yeah. number two. I still held up two fingers, but I kept them closer to my face so it doesn't count as me showing it to the microphone. How the first full moon of the year behaves may predict how the year ahead will be. Yeah. Classic spooky shit. You got your full moon. You got your spooky predictions. Yeah. Let's fucking do this. Per almanac.com... The first full moon of January is known as a full wolf moon because it was believed to be a time when wolves were extra prolific in their howls, Mm. though this is largely scientifically unsubstantiated. Yeah. Although, 
Some people speculate it's because in the wintertime in general, wolves may be howling more because food is more scarce. So mm-hmm. they're communicating with each other in terms of like, you guys, I found some fucking food. You may remember 2019's super blood wolf full moon, which was a lunar eclipse with a red tinge to it that was at the closest possible proximity to Earth the, that the moon can get. Mm-hmm. And that was a spooky time. That mm-hmm. was last year. We all lived through this year. We all fucking know. So what can the full wolf moon tell us about our year to come? If it is an exceptionally bright full moon, you can count on a bountiful year. Hmm. If, like 2019, you have a red tint to the moon, it means we're in for a dry and crappy year, which I think is globally true for 2019. Yeah. And if the moon has a halo around it, you can count on some wet or stormy weather in the year to come. Hmm. Yeah. Spooky thing number three. This time I held up none fingers, because I know what we're doing. With left beef. With left beef. (laughs) None fingers with left beef. In Ecuador, scarecrows are built that resemble politicians and other public figures, and they are then burned at midnight on New Year's Eve to symbolically burn the Año Viejo, old year, or old butthole if you don't have the tilde over the end, and cleanse all the bad vibes from the previous year. If you want more than just the banishment of bad luck and to attract some good luck, you can then jump over the burning effigies 12 times, once for each month of good luck in the new year. Hmm. But then you also risk setting yourself on fire. True. So, like, how good are you at jumping over shit versus how badly do you want this good luck? Yeah. I'm bad at jumping over shit. So, like, best case scenario, I get over it once, bite the dust on the landing, and, like, fall and hit my tailbone. So I'm not going to do it, but maybe you're better at jumping than me. This tradition is believed to have been a response to a yellow fever outbreak in 1895, during which time people loaded up coffins with the clothes of the dead and set them on fire to both symbolize the destruction of the illness and the passing of the person, and to actually, like, purify and burn the germs. Hmm. It's more fun now. Especially because some men will dress as the widows of the scarecrows and beg for money in the streets. Do you want to see what some of these scarecrows look like? Yes. They're fucking intense. I was expecting, like... A scarecrow. Oh! They, like, look like shit. This is one that looks like the Joker. There's one that looks like Garfield in the background. Oh. <laughs> um, Whoa. There's fucking Gambit, Gambit and a bunch of Tinkerbells. Like, these are legit scarecrows. Oh, a bunch of Mr. Fantastic. Yeah. And the thing from the Fantastic Four. Huh. Spooky thing number four. I held up four fingers that time. You guys, I don't I know. I say Mr. Incredible. Oh, I just went with it. You just went with it. I didn't I'm even tired. realize you had, you had said the wrong thing. I said the wrong thing. You guys, don't podcast 2019, on my 2019 was so much. Let's burn this old butthole. In Ireland, it is traditional to banish any evil spirits lingering at the end of the year by banging bread against the wall. Hell yeah. As an added bonus, you have an excuse to get that bread. And yep. then you can eat the bread because you don't want to go So you bang it on the wall. And the evil spirits after you bang the bread on the wall will then not follow you into the new year. Huh. Well done, Ireland. Spooky thing number five, Mm -hmm. Chilean tradition sees families sleeping in graveyards on New Year's Eve to be close to deceased family members. I like that. Yeah, it's spooky. spooky. I don't like it because it's outdoors. It's less about the graveyard, more about being in a vulnerable outdoor place. Yeah. Which we all know is how murderers get you. Number six, we may have talked about this before. I don't, I know we talked about the first guest, but I don't remember if we went into this specific thing. So I'm sorry if we did. If the first guest to your house on New Year's Day is a woman, you're going to have bad luck in the new year. <laughs> and I put in my notes, friggin' patriarchy! Friggin' patriarchy. <laughs> Every goddamn Every time! Every goddamn time. We'll never be free. We will never be free. 
Spooky thing number seven. As a reminder, your undies predict your year ahead. Yes. Yellow invites wealth and success. Red invites love. White brings peace, harmony, and happiness. Blue invites good health. And this was the point where I remembered what color underwear I wore this past year. And so I put in my notes like eight exclamation points and in all caps, deeply retroactive spooky thing. So... I got confused last year when I chose my underwear. Mm -hmm. I could not find yellow undies. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'll wear blue because I thought blue invited like peace and tranquility. I got Mm -hmm. it confused with white. Yeah. And so I was like, I'll wear blue. I could use a tranquil year. But blue actually invites good health. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, the good health they brought me is the gnarly car accident I was in a month ago. I wasn't actually hurt. Yeah. My car was totally fucked. It would have been very easy for me to be fairly hurt. Nope. So this shit works. Thank you, blue underwear. Thank you, blue underwear. (laughs) And thank you, me, for fucking up and not wearing white undies. Yeah. And green underwear invites overall well-being. So choose your undies wisely. I will be wearing a pair of yellow underwear because I want to get that bread and I want to bang that bread on the wall. Yeah. Spooky thing number eight If you are desperate to get back with an ex, you can sleep with their picture under your pillow on New Year's Eve to win back their affections. Uh. But maybe don't do this because it seems non-consensual and maybe the breakup is for the best. Like, if you really want to get back together with your ex and you think you're in a place where you can comfortably do that, just talk to your ex. Yeah. Because, like... Otherwise, leave that bad energy in the past. Yeah. Otherwise, burn that old butthole. Like... And then the final thing I have... Finally, in Romania, you want to avoid hearing animals talk on New Year's Eve because if you hear an animal talking to you, you're inviting bad luck into your house. Uh, I don't know how I'm not going to do that because my cat is a chatty Cathy. Well, it, it means like literal like person talking. Oh. So, so long as your cat's not like, hey, Sasha, what's up? For breakfast this morning, I was thinking we serve it a half hour. So long as that's not happening. Oh, so it's not like just no. my cat going like, Meow. no, that's fine. Okay. It's if they actually like are like, Hello, friend. How's it going? That's if how your Mona cat talks. If Mona ever spoke to me like that, I think I would shit myself. Yeah, and that's what Bustle pointed out. Bustle's like, I feel like the rest of the year you probably don't want to hear your animals, like, literally speak to you. Yeah. Like, as much as I would, like, love to talk to Zelda, what if she's mean, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to hear, like, what my cat has to say to me sometimes. Yeah. My mom asked me something once where it was like, you can either speak all the languages in the world with people... Or you can speak and communicate with animals and you can, like, understand their thoughts, too. And I'm like, I don't want that because what if, because, like, I love animals so much. What if they're assholes? Yeah. That would devastate me because I'd be like, oh, my God, look at the red panda. And he'd be like, fuck off. And then I'd cry. Right? Because especially if you're the only person who can speak animal. Right. And so they're all talking shit all the time because they think humans can't understand them. Yeah. And then you're like, hi, I understand you. They'd be like, oh, shit. Yeah, and also, they don't necessarily understand you back. Yeah. I don't know if it's a Dr. Doolittle scenario. Also, did you know we're coming out with another Dr. Doolittle yeah, movie? Yeah, it's got uh, Robert, Robert Downey Jr. Jr. in it. Yeah. All right, let's close out this episode with food. I love it. Let's do this. All right, so there are several lucky foods to eat on New Year's Day. Yay. If you're feeling superstitious or a little stitious. I always do the New Year's... Meatball. Yeah. The New Year's Eve and New Year's Day Japanese food things with my family. Oh. And this year, I think... Jack's family and my family are combining forces. Oh, damn. For like a mega Japanese New Year's lots of food thing. You're going to get the world's biggest ball of mochi. I'm so excited. I'm so jealous. I am going to eat so much. Mm. So we've talked about, I think, all of these before. But just as a reminder, if you're working on your menu or you just need something to eat today. Yeah. Black-eyed peas, greens, and cornbread 
are lucky foods from the southern United States. And remember, there's, I think, four members of the Black Eyed Peas, so we don't all have to eat Fergie. Yeah. That was a sick, nasty Black Eyed Peas joke. Give me some five. <laughs> for it's, a, it's, there was a long pause. It's, it's, it's hip-hop for people who don't like hip-hop and pop music for people who don't like pop. <laughs> The Black Eyed Peas. The Black Eyed Peas. Um, basically, you want to just like go in on all of this for luck on year's day. Add a slice of cornbread, and you've got peas for pennies, greens for dollars, and cornbread for gold. So you, I could do cornbread, yeah. Yeah, yeah so this. the Black Eyed Peas are for money, for pennies. Gr- collard greens or any kind of greens are good for dollars, and cornbread for gold. So basically, you're eating like a plate of money, yeah, basically. You're making those. it rain on yourself. Yep. Pork is also supposed to be lucky. Oh, um, eat some pork, bacon. Yeah, pork is for progress. Pigs root around with their snouts moving in a forward motion, which is why many cultures around the world eat pork on New Year's Day to symbolize progress for the coming year. Hmm. Pomegranates. Seeds have always been associated with fertility. In Greece, they hurl whole pomegranates to the floor to release a flood of seeds that symbolize life and abundance. For some reason, I thought this was going to be at weddings, Greece hurls pomegranates at the bride to ensure fertility. Oh my god. Because everything about this episode has been terrible patriarchy things. And I'm like, are you about to tell me they throw fucking pomegranates at people? Well, so about pomegranates, today I was, again, watching Food Network at the gym and they were doing, like, New Year's Day brunch menus or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, the waffles, they put pomegranate seeds on it. Nice. And they, the, the subtitles, I, I wasn't reading all of it because I was also listening to a podcast. Mm-hmm. But it was like, yeah, and so that's super lucky. And I was mm. like, oh, okay. Fish. Basically, feasting on a whole fish is common in Asian cultures for Lunar New Year. Europeans will eat cod, herring, or carp. If you eat basically fish, especially that have silvery scales, it stands for like coinage. You don't, oh. have to, you don't have to eat the scales, but the scales are shiny like money. In 2020, yeah. we're going to get that bread, you guys. <laughs> so much fish. Noodles and rice. Noodles, long noodles long, especially, yeah. are thought to bring you long life if you eat them without breaking them. I believe in China they're called shoumian. You mm-hmm. usually eat them on your birthday. Yeah, and then rice is about fertility and wealth. Cakes, especially ring-shaped cakes or other round sweets, bring a full circle of luck to the eater. There's the idea of break, baking, you know, coins or like lucky charms like into cakes to like give you luck. I know that even on Food Network today, they were talking about like round foods being mm-hmm. particularly lucky. So it doesn't even need to just be like cakes. It can be other round things that you make your food into. Mm. And then round cornbread, perhaps round cornbread. <laughs> Kill two birds with one stone. Um, and then finally grapes. So in Spain and Mexico, this is a thing that I learned from Food Network. Yay! And I texted Courtney about. Yes, I got a text from Sasha, and you like completely breezed past my amazing dad joke. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'll retell it in a second. Um, eating twelve grapes at midnight as the clock strikes once for each hour will bring you luck for the twelve months ahead. Basically, you want to make a wish on each of your 12 grapes as you eat each one. So we're going to do that because I made grape skewers. We did. Yes. Do you think we can do it now? I think we're close enough. I think we're close enough. Yeah. Dear universe, we're close enough. We're calling it. Well, that and we can also just like do it again on yours. We're just going to have a lot of grape skewers. for you. What was your dad joke? Sasha texts me and she's like, I can bring the grapes and I have skewers so we can do this. And I responded, sounds grape. Oh, yeah, and I just, and like, said nothing. Yeah, I said nothing. It's but like the time I, was... <laughs> I gave you that really amazing cask of Amontillado joke, because Sasha sent me this picture of this creepy hallway, and she's like, I don't want to go down there. And I go, you should go down there. I hear they have a really good cask of Amontillado at the end of the hallway. And she did not react. <laughs> I promise that when I read it, I was <laughs> reacting. I just didn't. <laughs> okay. Okay. First dish. I'm going to wish for you to react to my amazing jokes. <laughs> 
12 grapes is a lot. Uh-huh. 12 wishes is a lot to make. I know. Some of mine are getting a little silly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I'm into my political wishes. Mm-hmm. My last one was a double wish because I thought of another wish while mm-hmm. I was mid-wish. <laughs> so it may can... have... <laughs> Do you think we can talk about the wishes? Because that last yeah. one of mine was kind yeah, of funny. About... <laughs> I was like, for Donald Trump and Mike Pence to be sent to the fucking Hague. Oh, yeah. To be brought up on war crimes. And as I was thinking that, I was like, ooh, and a new Hosier album. And a new Hosier album. <laughs> <laughs> I've been very good this year, you guys. I deserve this. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> It's so funny. Most of mine were just, like, about, like, health and well-being. Those were my like, first six. Yeah. And then I did wish for, for, you know, who to be removed from office. Yeah, I, I think so. I did that, too. I did some about, like, the political direction of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Earlier today, I was like, oh, okay, I gotta come up with 12 wishes. And yeah. I came up with a bunch of wishes, and I'm like, that's probably 12. And I realized when I hit grape number five, I was like, oh, fuck, this was all the wishes I thought of. Yeah. So I don't know how many 12 is. Well, here's 20 things to look forward to in 2020, Yay! according to CNN. So Thank we'll clo- close out with this. <laughs> all right, number one, we've got 2020 Summer Olympic uh, Ooh, in Tokyo. Yeah, that's gonna be good. We've got a lot of movies coming. There's basically, like, the one, new Wonder Woman, there's oh, yeah. Black Widow, there's yeah. the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Oh, yeah, which they remade for us. Yes. Even um, though we told them when they released the concept art, it looked horrifying. There's going to be West Side Story and In the Heights. I forgot they were doing West Side Story. Yeah. In the Heights, I'm genuinely excited about. I'm so excited for In the Heights. Because I've never seen In the Heights. <gasps> I know! In the Heights is better than Hamilton, I said it. <laughs> 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 Shots fired. <laughs> but yeah, like there's just a lot of like a lot of things that will be in pop culture. Yeah. We've got elections. Mm-hmm. Very important elections to look forward to. The Mars 2020 mission. Um, the Mars 2020 rover is going to be launched to Mars in late July or early August. Wow. And it's going to go join the Curiosity. Oh, so Curiosity will have a friend. a friend. <gasps> That's so nice. Yep. Um, the Mars 2020 rover has 23 cameras and two microphones. Ooh. Yeah. What if two Mars aliens start a podcast and it's eerily similar to this one? Oh my one? god, that'd be so funny. I need more grapes. I have more wishes. <laughs> um, for the last three years, the Washington Monument has been closed. Yes. So the Washington Monument's reopening in 2020. Is it really? Yeah, it's finally got a new... Wow! Se- it, it has a new elevator system. Nice! I thought I was never going to reopen. Yeah. Well, because, like, the earthquake fucked it up. Yeah. Um, it was not designed for even the low-key earthquake mm-mm. that we got, but we got a low-key earthquake, and it was like, fuck. Basically, lots of more, lots more TV. <laughs> Just, like, so many shows. Love it. Just everything is getting spinoffs and their own streaming services and everything. It's just, like, too much to watch. It's true. I gotta watch Nancy Drew. Um, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. There's also going to be, what was it, the uh, Katie Keene? Katie Keene, yeah. Yep. With Josie of Josie and the There's Pussycats. a Clueless reboot that's coming, too, apparently. What? Yeah, I don't know. I don't agree with that. I don't think it's, I mean, it's not going to have, like, Alicia Shoulderstone. No, of course it's the, not. Yeah, it's going to be something else. On For twenty Yahoo's uh, 25th birthday in 2020, they're finally going to open their time capsule from 25 years ago. Oh, I was like, why is Yahoo on this list? Yeah. Basically, it's like, what kind of cringe things did we find to be important 25 years ago. Amazing. There will be a total eclipse in South America. Nice. There is, a, there are a bunch of historical anniversaries. January 10th is the 100th anniversary of the ratification of the Treaty of Versailles. Nice. Um, September 6th will be 400 years since the setting sailing of the Mayflower. Nice. Um, except for all the disease. Except for all the disease and pillaging. Pillaging and, and all that. 
completely decimating another culture and yeah. eradicating people who don't look like us because they don't look like us all in the name of preaching tolerance. Right. But otherwise, nice. Nice. Um, 500 years ago, on in November of 2020, Ferdinand Magellan became the first European to cross the Atlantic to the Pacific through the Strait of Magellan. Hmm. So that's another... I guess, big landmark. He was Magellan like a felon. And then next December 2020 will be the 250th anniversary of Ludwig van Beethoven. Oh, nice. Yeah. That one's legit. Um, Did you know that Mozart had a song called Lick My Ass? I love it. It was Lick Mein Arsch. Lick Mein Arsch. I love it. Yeah. I learned that from a big fat quiz. Also, I'm looking forward to 2020 because we're getting two new big fat quizzes, one of the year and one of everything, because they do new ones every year at the holidays, and it's like the best British TV, except for This Way Up, which is incredible, even though it's technically Irish TV. If you haven't watched This Way Up, you should. I want to go find Lick Mein Arsch now. Oh, I will find it for you, because they played a clip of it on Big Fat Quiz, and I was like, that's actually kind of a bop. Amazing. (laughs) Suzanne Collins has a new book coming out. I think it's a prequel to Hunger Games. Nice. There is a bunch of other books. There's just basically like a lot of new literature, a lot of spinoff books, a lot of books that people have been waiting for coming. A lot of soccer is happening. Apparently, there's going to be a new study that's opening up about peanut allergies. Oh, nice. Let's see. That's a genuine nice, not a Mayflower nice. (laughs) Yeah. Lots of new music coming. Next generation of video consoles. And then electric, more electric vehicles. Nice. Um, And high-speed rail. More Broadway shows. And basically just a new decade. Thank God. Yeah. This one took forever. Are you ready for your new favorite song? Yes. Fun fact, when you search for Mozart Lich mein Arsch on YouTube, you also get Mozart and Poop, a love story, and send this to your crush or music teacher without any context. But we're just going to go ahead and go with the Mozart Lich mich im Arsch canon in B-flat for six voices. the new butthole new back butthole <laughs> i can't believe that we got we brought ha, congrats on your new butthole back back at the end of the episode at the end of the episode what can i say new decade new year new me new butthole new butthole thanks for listening you guys we hope you have a great entry point into 2020, 2020. whatever it is that you do be safe have a good time Drink some nog if you so choose. Hydrate. Hydrate, yes, absolutely hydrate. Don't, don't enter 2020 dehydrated. Yes, and if you think you don't want to stay up till midnight, you don't have to. You can go to bed at 1030. Who I, gives a shit? I play a dot. <sighs> I play a going to bed. I mean, based on that, Yon, I think Sasha's going to bed now. So as a reminder, <laughs> Sasha's dead now. She just died. <laughs> We are on Twitter and Instagram at Spoop Hour. Send us your stories, your pictures of Yetis, Yetis you may ho- have in your home. 
to spoopower at gmail.com. And you're going to hydrate and you're going to kick 2020's ass. Whoop. And you're going to lick it in its ass. Ew. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Mozart, why have you done this? Are you fascinated by mysterious legends, the paranormal, or UFOs? Do stories of murder, missing persons, and con men send you down internet rabbit holes? Did you grow up watching the TV show Unsolved Mysteries? Does Robert Stack's voice haunt your nightmares? Then our podcast is for you. I'm Liz. And I'm Samantha. Join us every Wednesday as we discuss the original Robert Stack episodes of Unsolved Mysteries. Follow along with us on Amazon Prime or just tune in for our weekly podcast. We are on iTunes, Google Play, and social media at Perhaps It's You. They're probably a wet piece of cardboard. Cardboard? Cardboard. 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 Cardboard.